Welcome to the Wake Up Call podcast. I'm your host, Alicia Hopkins. By day I work in corporate, but I have an obsession with all things personal development. So I became a life coach and started this podcast as a way to help others break free from living a life that's good on the outside and wake up to the one they actually want. When I got to my most uncertain place, all I wanted was someone to say, hey Alicia, you're a little off course and this is what you need to do. That's what I wanna be for you. This podcast is a place where I want to share my experiences and provide you with community, knowledge, and inspiration to make change in your life. Sometimes we get a little lost and need help course correcting. If this sounds like you, you're in the right place. Let this be your wake up call. Now let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Wake Up Call podcast. And I'm excited for today's episode because we're going to talk about something we've yet to explore here on the podcast, and it's money. And I think probably just saying that word might even be conjuring up some feelings for you or some thoughts. Maybe you might be thinking you have to work really hard to make money, or I'm never going to have a lot of money, or maybe even the thought of I'm no good with money. These might be beliefs that you're hearing rising to the surface, just hearing the word money. So you're probably going to recognize today's guest from episode 18 on the podcast. Katie Winkle helped us to understand the power of the subconscious mind. And it's not surprising that there's a connection here with views on money and money stories. Katie has a transformation program, the Money Mindset Reset, where she helps people eliminate money blocks by helping them rapidly rewrite their money story. She's here today to help us understand what is a money story? How do we identify these blocks, these stories? And what is the impact on our experience of abundance in our lives because of them? So Katie, this is a meaty topic. I'm really excited to dig into it. Thank you so much for being here. And I'm wondering if you could start by telling us a little bit more about like, what is a money story anyways? Sure. Of course. I'm happy to be back. Thank you. It, a money story is really just like that background dialogue that's playing in your subconscious mind that influences your behavior around money. It influences your attitudes around money. It would be something that would make it like hard for you to receive a generous gift. It could be something that has you really nervous when you're talking about money with somebody else. Money story. I just love the topic of money because I have found in all of my client work over these last several years that there's not a part of our life that isn't influenced by our money story and our relationship with money. And so it's really interesting how interconnected that can be with so many things. Looking through some of your content around, you know, money mindset and your program, I saw it really kind of captured me when you said there's not a part of our life that isn't influenced by money or our relationship with it. What do you mean by that? Like, how have you seen that shown up in your clients' lives? Yeah, I've seen it everywhere, like literally everywhere. So it comes up in our faith and in our spirituality. That's the first thing that comes to mind. If you think about like when I was a kid, we went to church and we were given envelopes where we were supposed to put money inside the envelope to give to the church every single week. And yet the Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. And so it's like, there's this interesting conflict that happens there because like, well, why are we giving money to the, you know, like, why is that so involved? 
involved. And then on the spirituality side of it, there's this idea that you can't be spiritual and rich. You can't do both that if you really wanted to help people, you wouldn't charge for it. You know, I think that that piece especially is fascinating because there's a whole bunch of people that aren't super helpful, but they make lots of money. right? So like, why wouldn't the people that are being of service be paid appropriately for the level of service that they provide? I've seen it come up in conversations around sex. So money and sex are two of the most taboo topics that we have in Western society, at least. And the truth is, is that both of them are representative of power, right? And so if you switch out, there's the world sexual organization. There's, there's a sexual organization. I think it's the world sexual health organization or something like that. And they have a declaration of sexual rights. And if you just read the beginning of that declaration, and if you exchange the word sexuality for money, they are almost completely interchangeable about like what the rights are that we should have to like adequate finances and adequate healthcare and all of the things it shows up in our salary. Like it, there's not a place that it doesn't show up. And even like pricing yourself and pricing your services, like how does your money story not show up there? Right. So it's, it's really intertwined into everything. So do you find that money stories tend to come from like our childhood or like where, is there a time that it's most influential as far as like where the story starts to develop? Yeah. Like everything, you know what I mean? Most of the time that does from come from childhood, it comes from your family's energy around money. And what did you witness growing up? So my first time that I ran my program, every person in that group had this story where they had two parents, obviously, but they like witnessed two parents and the money dynamics around that. And the common theme for all of the women that were in that group was that the dads made the money and they got to spend what they wanted of the money. And then the rest of the money went to the mom to figure out how to feed and clothe the family and make the house run for every single woman. And so if you think from our formative years, if this is what we're witnessing as children, as boys and girls, non-binary, whatever, that's what we're witnessing. And so how do gender roles then not play a part in your money story, right? And like, how often do you hear your parents get into arguments about money? How often do you hear your parents making judgmental comments about somebody when they don't agree with the way that those people might be spending their money or they don't agree what those people do to earn their money, right? Or the animosity that might come or the jealousy that might come because somebody else has just like a better and easier and happier life than they did. Right. So how do those not get absorbed by you just energetically? Plus, you know, you're in the womb (laughs) for nine months and like that can be a really stressful time. And so if you have any arguments around money and finances and your mother's pregnant with you, well, that's going to be literally programmed into your genetics just as a part of just because that's just how it works. So Yeah, it's pretty much everywhere. And then it just builds on itself over and over and over again through your personal experiences after that. It's interesting that you say that it builds on it because I even think about um, like a money story that I know now I look back to a very young age. My sisters and I, you know, if we got allowance for doing various chores, my two sisters were exceptional at saving. Like they saved me, 
I could get a dollar and I immediately spent like 99 cents of it. Like as soon as it came in my hand, it's like, I had to get it out. Like I just, I, I don't know if it's just needing the instant gratification that maybe, maybe I felt power from spending. I don't know, but it's been Mm -hmm. interesting of how that compounded in my life that, well, it's two things. One is just even this, I've really had to do work around like when money comes into my hand, like learning to view it differently, but I always brought up, oh, I'm not a good saver. I'm not a good saver. And Mm -hmm. that, and I, and shockingly, I wasn't a good saver. Right. And, and now it's been something I've had to really do some work around. So it's just wild. These things that we're surrounded by and the imprint they have, and just again, bringing it forward later in our life. Do you tend to see certain themes that are like common money stories or? Yeah, I would say the biggest and most profound one that I see that seems to be a common thread with everybody is this knowingness that they shouldn't have to work really hard to deserve like a good lifestyle, to deserve a good income. But there is something in them that makes them feel that if they are not working their ass off, that they don't deserve it and they have to struggle and they have to suffer and they have to be burning themselves out. Like that is just unbelievably common. And I'm just thinking about the many clients where I've seen that come up. It's just, it's just really detrimental (laughs) across the board because that story ends up leading to them not being able to say no when something doesn't feel good. It leads them to not being able to claim the things that they really want it because it, and it ends up just being this like underlying deserving piece, but it is super connected to finances oftentimes, or like the finances are really a tell for this worthiness, for this deserving of anything that feels abundant and expansive. I agree. It's just even looking on social and the people that I follow, I see that narrative, like, right. That we're trying to undo the narrative that hard work is the only way to making a lot of money. I'll be honest. Like the feeling that comes to mind to me is like guilt. Like if I don't work really hard, or if maybe I get a bonus at my corporate job that I'm thinking, like, I feel guilty for getting it. It's, it's, it's wild that the story we tell ourselves and then even to have you, you hit on it beautifully of like, we have the knowingness of it, but yet we, our actions still continue to reinforce. Like you can, you can cognitively know like, Hey, you can still make money and have abundance without, I don't know, having to like work your ass off. But yeah, I catch myself there all the damn time. Like I make things right. so much harder because then somehow then I can feel deserving of yeah. money that I make. Mm-hmm. 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 And well, and what did we see? What did we witness growing up? We watched our parents working really, really hard. And we probably watched them judge the people that don't work really, really hard. And what did our parents witness? They witnessed their parents working really, really hard. And before that, you're probably in like the Great Depression era, right? So this is literally genetically passed down through the bloodline and it's, it's in you to just be in that space of deservingness. And it takes some effort to untangle that. (laughs) So it's not a matter of just like cognitively making the decision because you're like, we talked about last time, your subconscious kind of navigates about 95% of your experiences. Right. And so if you're not able to consciously be aware of all of the things that drive you and make you tick, then it's going to be hard to overcome those things, just working at that conscious level. It sounds to me, just even thinking about people out there, I'm sure they're, I think it's when you take the time to stop and like actually 
be introspective about your thoughts and beliefs around money. It seems to be that then you can maybe have the awareness around the stories, but it's, it's just fascinating to me how much money permeates our lives. Like I'm just really struck by that still earlier when, you know, I was talking about your content, you said it just touches all areas of our lives. Cause it's like, you know, I, I have awareness of that, but like, even just hearing you talk, it's wild how, mm-hmm. like it literally you're spot on that. It touches every area of our life. It touches every part. Of, I mean, it's in your environment, right? Like look around like your home, right? Like there's nothing in there that either wasn't given to you or that was made or that you bought. Right. But every single one of those required some amount of financial investment. It no. doesn't matter. Like every single thing that's in your home. Right. And so, and, and I don't want to harp on like the expense of anything or about like what things cost. It's really just about the fact that it touches everything, right? Like the cost is irrelevant at that point. Like it doesn't matter. It's like, well, what's the feeling that you have when you're deciding to invest in something? What's the feeling that you have when you're buying things to make a gift for somebody? Like what's the feeling that goes in behind all of those things, but money is still touching all of it. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. So I'm curious if you could unpack a little bit, this concept of abundance, because I've also read in your content that people don't believe that they're like worthy of abundance or that, you know, I even think about it too. It's like, I understand the concept of it, but I still think like, is it going to happen for me? And when really I'm surrounded by abundance all the time, it's, it's like, right. Shifting your perspective. But when you think of abundance, as it relates to money, like what does that mean to you? To me, I, I, I also have to remind myself that abundance is around me all the time and that it is not just financial, but my first thought around it is just the recognition. Like what I'm trying to create for myself around abundance is that feeling of being completely like financially safe and financially free where like, I don't have to worry about what's coming next, when it's coming, how much is coming. Like, I just have this like absolute trust that it's going to be there. And then that trust is really what amplifies the feeling of abundance for me. What I'm struck with, as you're saying that is, is that I think that trust is so critical because I think for most people, they think the safety is just, I've got to go make lots and lots of money. Then I am safe. I almost Mm -hmm. think about abundance is like finding your safety and your trust in your current surroundings. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. also from there, it's like the domino effect of when you aren't operating out of lack, scarcity, fear, Yes, you attract different things to you versus the, I got to work, 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 make sure I have X amount of my savings. Like that's, what's kind of coming up for me when it thinks of abundance is like that feeling of safety and trust like now in a sense. Yeah. Regardless of what your circumstances are. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think that's a great way to put it. Yeah. And we just forget, we just forget because we're so used to being like outside of ourselves that we're looking for that, like outside validation that everything is going to be okay. And so when we can remember to tune in and just like really embody and be inside of our bodies with that, like, well, what does it feel like for me to be safe? What's keeping me from feeling safe right now inside of myself? What do I need to do to address that? And then that will really expand and ripple out into everything else because it's not really about the money. (laughs) 
like we think it's about the money and it's, and, or we think it might be about like that thing that we want to buy. Right. But it's really about like, well, what does the, what is the feeling that you think that you're going to have when you have that thing that you think you need? Right. What do you need to do to get that feeling? And when you have that feeling and can call yourself back to it, then you start to draw it in then it's easier. You're going to start making decisions that are aligned, that are going to help you create that for yourself. And then when you get there, you might even decide you don't even need it anymore because it's already inside of you. It's wild as this, the theme that you just touched on there. I've had a couple of interviews that I've done recently, um, that touch on things like career. Um, I've got one coming up about like even your relationship to food, your relationship to clothing. And what's wild to me is while the tangible thing that there, we talk about is different. It all comes back to this, the feelings that you're talking about. Like, I think it's the feelings scarcity, like moving out of scarcity and moving into like the trust and call it abundance. But it's just wild to me of like every quote unquote problem we as humans think we have in our lives. The root is just feeling safe with you, like your relationship with you, like, what are the thoughts you're feeding yourself? I, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's, yep. you know, <laughs> you I'm, got it. It really, <laughs> really it. is. Yeah. It's yeah. It's like getting, mm. doing the work around there. That's why I love that your work is so connected and everything you do with your clients. And the thing that I appreciate about what you're putting out there content wise around money is that I think it's more common that we tend to hear the narrative of like, read this book, take this program. I'm teaching you how to make more money. And Mm -hmm. what I hear from you, it's not about like, sure, maybe as a result of the work of it, you'll probably attract more into it, but you're not leading with, I'm teaching you how to make money. Like it's really, it sounds like this internal like mindset shift. It is a hundred percent an internal mindset shift. Like I can't tell somebody that they're going to make like X percent more, or they're going to make like X number of dollars. And there are a lot of programs out there that are designed to do that, that, that deliver on those promises that, you know, like the right fit client is going to get that result. Right. This is not that this is about like changing your relationship with money, because I find that to be the best place to start when you're doing personal development work, because money is such a tell for how you feel about yourself. It is such an indicator for that. So if you can use that, like as a lens for how you treat yourself and start to overcome it from that angle, that is going to ripple out into all of these other areas. And then you can take everything else farther. I just think it's a really efficient way to navigate personal development personally. That's, and that's what I've seen with my clients as well. I never intended to come out and be like, have this program and to have all of these people work with me around money, but it just kind of naturally started happening. And then they would tell me what would happen in their finances after. And yeah, they make more money, but that's about them doing their internal work. That's not about like, I learned how to budget and I learned how to market with a strategy that worked for me. Like, no, it's about trusting yourself, right? And what's keeping you from trusting yourself and money is just a huge influencer in that, in that area. Oh my God. I love that so much. And I actually, um, I hadn't heard what you just said about people starting personal development, starting with money, because I think that's been one of the latter things I've taken on, but it's interesting that if you start there 
to see how many stories start coming out and not the stories, stories about yourself, stories about the money, whatever. But, um, that's a pretty interesting approach. Like I definitely, Mm -hmm. money is one of those things that has been the last thing I've really wanted to take a close look at. And even just talking about it, I'm like, I feel nervous. Like it it exposes, (laughs) but that's where the work needs to be done. Right. Like, right. Yeah. Like, well, money and sex, right? Like those are the things. Like they're the things that are like most taboo to talk about publicly, but they're also the things that are going to take you the farthest, the fastest, because it is really, truly about embodiment. I actually just got a text from a client last week and she was like, you know, I am so glad I worked on all of that money stuff with you because that's really set me up to be able to prioritize myself in these other ways. And I didn't know that that was going to be going to happen. Right. Like it really just like laid that foundation for her to, um, feel comfortable getting into the other stuff. Cause now she knows she's worth it. Right. Wow. Whereas before, if you have to like sell somebody this story about you're worth it, you're worth it. But if you're just starting from there, like, no, I just find it really easy to do it through this lens. Personally, I find it really efficient. I love it. I, and I listen to, um, uh, the expanded podcast to be magnetic at Lisey Phillips, oh, if yeah. anyone li- listens to that. And I hear it a lot that they'll talk about the connection of love and money being so intricately connected. And again, it's one of those things I'm like, I get it, but I don't, but I do. And like, you had even touched on kind of like how much power is associated with both like love, sex, whatever, and then money. So, I mean, it's just wild. So I mean, right. Am I hitting on that correctly? Or like, tell me again, because that is still a little bit fuzzy to me, like just how love and money are so intricately connected. I would have said sex and money, but also love makes sense too. Right. So, because they're all actually all three of these are really, um, representations of power, right. To love yourself is extraordinarily, Oh, I have chills. So like to love yourself is extraordinarily powerful. Right. And your relationship with your sexuality is extraordinarily powerful. A lot of people though, they'll use sex as power. They're going to use that as a tool to manipulate, right? There's that saying sex sells, right? So we're seeing it in sales, right? (laughs) Which is going to influence money, but money is the same thing. So if you're looking at I mean, look at what happens with lobbyists in this country, right? Well, they have the finances to sway politicians in the ways that they need to be able to sway politicians to get what they need. So like, that's an example of how power is money is being used to have power over and influence things. And so, yeah, they're all interchangeable on a personal level though. It'll be really telling for somebody to go look at that declaration of sexual rights and exchange the word sexuality for money. And you'll be like, huh? Yep. Okay. I get it. (laughs) So crazy. There's no reason that those shouldn't be connected really. Well, I appreciate, you know, here, even I think about when I started off with the intro to this episode of just what you think money conversation is going to be about. And then I think about like all the things we've touched on worth, abundance, power, guilt, shame, right? Mm -hmm. It it really does demonstrate how money touches everything in our life. It's very all encompassing. So if, if people are interested to learn more about you, the work you're doing in your program, how do we connect with you? You know, what do you think is important for us to know about your program? 
Well, I have a free training available on my website that goes into pretty much how your money story is written and why you haven't been able to rewrite it up until this point. Cause the chances are, if somebody's listening to this episode has a lot of interest in the topic, they've probably tried a lot of things to overcome what's holding them back and they're still not where they want to be. And so that training goes into a lot of detail on that. And then what happens and what you're going to experience as you do begin to rewrite your story. And so if somebody wanted to check that out, I wouldn't want it to be a waste of anybody's time. So there is an application to get access to it. But if you go to the money mindset reset.com, that's where you can get access to that. And then, you know, follow me on Instagram, Katie underscore Winkle. And uh, my website is katiewinkle.com for just like a more overview of, of me and what I'm all about. So it's pretty easy ways. I love it. And I especially really like that phrase you use about rewrite your money story because mm-hmm. nothing in our life, right? Again, we talk about like money is the thing we're talking about now, but we have the ability to heal. We have the ability to make different changes, choices. We have the, we have the ability to not believe what's been the stories that have been imprinted on us, whether it's from family dynamics, society, wherever the programming comes. So when I hear rewrite your story, it just, to me, sounds very powerful and that people have the chance to really rewrite their story, change their story Mm -hmm. about money and step Mm -hmm. into abundance, that, that trust of themselves and, you know, really step into their self-worth. So I appreciate all that you shared with us today. And guys, if this conversation is, you know, making your ears buzz here, you're thinking, oh my gosh, I got to know more about this. Go check out Katie. This program is, sounds amazing. And let us know too, when you listen to this, what, what resonated with you the most tag us on Instagram, screenshot the episode. And guys, I can't wait to connect with you on a future episode. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Wake Up Call podcast. If you liked what you heard today, I would love for you to subscribe and leave a review. It takes just a few minutes and does wonders for helping other people find the podcast. If you want to connect outside of the podcast, you can do so by following at Alicia D. Hopkins on Instagram. And if you really liked the episode you just listened to, do me a favor. Would you screenshot the episode and tag me? I would love to see what's resonating with you. Thank you for joining me today, and I hope today's episode helped you to see that you can wake up to the change that's possible in your life. 